Dunkin' Cold K cup pods were specially crafted for cold coffee. (laughs) God, I love saying that. Brew over ice straight out of the Keurig coffee maker. Just brew over ice and sip in seconds. Bold, smooth Dunkin'. Taste you know and love. Find Dunkin' cold coffee in the roasted coffee aisle. You know, socks, tees, and underwear are the top requested clothing item in homeless shelters. Bombas is hoping by creating comfy essentials and donating one for each one purchased. That is a very cool idea. Yeah, We've been talking about this for a while. The comfort geniuses at Bombas make your everyday things your favorites, whether it's that arch-supporting sock. I love an arch-supporting sock. Mm-hmm. A buttery soft tee or underwear that feels like nothing. Mm. Worried about the wrong size? Bombas offers a hassle-free return with their 100% happiness guarantee. I like Bombas because they have a uh, terrific product, but they also have a, I think, a good social mission. They're helping people. Yeah, it's nice. I like their sock. Yeah, and you like, well, I hope you like their socks, plural. <laughs> I like both. I like the two so that I put on. So you like the, the right and the left. Yes, I do. I like wow. two, two socks. What a brave socks. stance from you, Sona. <laughs> Ready to get comfy and give back? Head over to bombas.com slash Conan and use code Conan for 25% off your first purchase. My name is Niecy Nash Betts, and I feel very sexy about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Yes. I've been listening to years and years of people say, I feel less than enthused. And that's part of why I feel sexy, because I have to pull up for you. I'm Team Coco. Like, I'm in it. And look at me. I just look like I sort of work at the library. (laughs) Fall is here. Hey there. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. I just hit Sona with a pen yeah, on the hand. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my way of trying to control you. It was childish and I admit that it was wrong what oh, I did. Oh, okay. Do you well, apologize? No, I do not. Oh, okay. Uh, you just admit you did something wrong, but you don't want to apologize. Exactly. Uh, okay. Welcome. Uh, this uh, this is Sona Movsesian who's speaking now. <laughs> Regular on the show. My assistant. And we have a little treat today. I don't want to say it like it's an exciting good news. Oh, it's Matt Gorley, great. Matt no, Gorley I... couldn't be with us today, but uh, sitting in his stead... Uh, is my backup assistant who took over. He's kind of your main assistant now. Not at kind of. He is my assistant because you do nothing. Um, do some stuff. David Hopping. Hello. David Hopping, welcome to the show. Thank you. David Hopping, just in case you're not familiar with him, uh, David Hopping came in to sort of take over Sona when you uh, were with child. Yes. Actually with two children. Yeah. Mikey and Charlie. You called Rub and Tug. I called him in the womb. I called them Rub and Tug. <laughs> yes. Uh, but then they were born and you christened them Mikey and Charlie. Great Armenian names. Uh, <laughs> real testament to your love of your homeland. And then um, <laughs> and then I really was thinking it was going to be like Graigu and, and, and Gorgor, you wow. know? No, but I mean, that, like those are legitimate names, right? I thought they'd be cool. No, the ones you just said? Yeah. No. That's Armenian, isn't it? It's gibberish. Oh, Gre- please. Graigu and Gogol? I don't know. <laughs> I just that? I was doing my best to honor your culture and then I realized I didn't do any research, which is a <laughs> terrible way to honor someone's culture. <laughs> no. Are you doubling down? I am doubling down. Even better. So uh, we're joined by uh, someone who's really taken up the slack and then some. Oh, oh. David Hopping, you've done a wonderful job. David. Oh, thank you. 
I mean, I just want to say everything I learned about being an assistant, I learned from Sana. Oh, oh, and he's doing a great job? Hey, he what's is. positive reinforcement like? <laughs> great. Oh, okay. Do you say, do you think uh, I give you positive reinforcement? You do. Yeah. Yeah. I treat it's you, really nice. I treat you so much better than Sona. You send me, like, texts saying, like, I'm doing a good job. What? Those aren't me. <laughs> That's, Who is it? Is it that's AI? A, that's an AI bot. That's uh, We had that constructed. Aaron Blair made that for me. When you get those every now and then, and mm-hmm. it just says you're doing a good job and I value you and things like that, mm-hmm. I have nothing to do with that. Oh. Yeah. Have you noticed that they're signed Cronin? Yeah, C-R-O-N-A-N? I just figured you were losing it. Yeah. Even the ones that say, I'm so sorry for your loss, those are randomly generated. Because oh. you haven't had a loss recently. No. And doesn't it confuse you I when think, yeah. you just wake up in the morning and it says, David, I'm so sorry for your loss, Cronin? Yeah, that is a little <laughs> weird, but I just checked to make sure no one I know died. Oh, my God. David, uh, you uh, tell us a little bit. You're from, uh, I've, I asked you a lot about your, your childhood, your youth. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you grew up in a very rural area of southern Illinois called yes. Carlinville. yes. And I actually went online and, you know, you can do street views. It is very flat in Carlinville. Very flat and And a lot of corn. And I looked at your house and there's just literally (laughs) like a house. Yes. You told me your address. I asked you. I went and I looked at the street view. It was your house and then just corn. Uh Uh-huh. And and way in the distance, a silo. And... um, And then I took a stab and said, I bet you guys spent a lot of time hanging out at the local DQ. And you said, yes, the DQ is huge. And that's not a put down because I love a Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen's Dairy good. Queen's oh, awesome. Blizzard. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you did, right? Yeah. That's pretty much your childhood was watching the corn grow from your back window mm. and then hitting the DQ. I mean, I want to just like sit and watch it grow, but <laughs> I would like do other things. Did you make little markings on the window like that's the top of the corn now? No. But then come back an hour later and oh, it's a little higher. Okay. I would never do that. Okay. Well. Can I ask you a question? Yes. When you found out where he's from, did you Google and look at where he's from just so you could come up with things to make fun of him for? Yes, I did. Okay, I thought so. I thought so. Okay. Yes, I did. Uh, you were doing your research. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just as I did with you. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why I'm I immediately I'm got a globe of the world and I found Armenia. Found a real globe? Yeah. And the last guy who I walked past a computer and went to a 1940s globe and looked up Armenia. And when I say looked up, I mean spun it around until I found it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, um, you're doing a very nice job. And I bet you you. uh, your your family, your folks back home must be proud of you. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? I think so. You're working... They, do they say what's Conan like? Uh, People ask a lot about what you're like, yeah. Uh-huh. And what do you say? I usually say that you're like nice. <laughs> <laughs> a glowing report <laughs> yeah. from David Hopping. Um, yeah, you're welcome in Carlinville anytime. I'd like to go there with you, actually. You should. You played, remember, the, you, you, I did some sketches with you back in the yeah. day. Uh, when you first came on and you weren't even really my assistant yet. Yeah. I forget what you were doing at the show. I think just hanging I was around. Your PA. Well, I was your PA. Yeah, you were like, PA. Your errands. Okay. Mm-hmm. If they want to check out David Hoppe, you can see these on YouTube. I did that one where they gave me a wig and I was your uh, successor. Yes. I, want, I wanted to groom die. a successor in case something happens to me uh-huh. or I'm injured, grievously injured. We want someone who could step right into the breach. And so we put a Conan wig on you and I tried to train you to be me. Yeah, you chose the most awkward person. <laughs> <laughs> but it's At really work. funny, though. It's, it's really fun. funny. But you are really funny. It's very good if you want to, you know, see what. Uh, and I know you have your own podcast. I do. 
called Back to the Best. Back to the Best. Where you explore the 90s. 90s and 2000s, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and one of your big obsessions is? Uh, Just in general? Well, yeah, a specific actress is what I'm thinking of. Oh, of course, Hilary Duff. Yeah. 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 Lizzie McGuire. No, she's not here. This isn't Oprah. Where I look Look under your seat. It's Hilary Duff. But you you could probably get her here, right? uh, She won't pick up the phone for me. I can't. No, I will one day. It's my quest to get you to meet Hilary Duff. Oh, man. I don't know her. I don't really know Hilary Duff. What about Cher? He really loves Cher, too. What? Can you meet? Can we oh, meet Cher? Cher? No, Cher is, I mean, come on, that's Cher. What? She's like a goddess. She's I like, know. A, there's no way she's. It's just, you're, we're, you're okay, saying I'm, to David, hey, you're doing a great job. Hey, I'll introduce you to your idol. And then I'm over here and it's like, where's Cher? I'll do an impression for you. Okay. Uh, Hillary Duff's at home and someone calls from the next room. Hillary, Conan O'Brien would like to speak to you. My guess is she says, huh, okay, I'll talk to him, right? Mm-hmm. Reasonable. Yeah. Now let's go into the share world. Share, <laughs> what is it? Share, <laughs> it's it's me, your assistant. Conan O'Brien would like to, who the fuck cares? I thought he was dead. That's the impression. And I think those are fairly accurate. So you're not meeting Cher. Come on. But you are but you are definitely gonna meet uh, Hilary Duff. I'm gonna oh, arrange man. it. Yeah. So I'll take oh, care of that. It's the best day. I'm having the best time. Oh good. <laughs> so I love it here. I got you, compliments David. and Hilary Duff's yeah, coming in. This is great for you. Uh, thanks yeah. for having babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he call your dad Geppetto? No. Oh, okay, okay, cool. But, you cool. know what? It is nice cool. to see David so happy. I haven't seen him this excited since they fixed the blizzard machine at the DQ. <laughs> you know, <laughs> We should talk about today's show. We got a great one. My guest today has starred in such series as Reno 911, Claws, and Dahmer. And now you can see her in the new movie, Origin. Uh, I really like this woman. I'm thrilled she's here today. Nisi Nash Betts, welcome. Just before I sat down to talk to you minutes ago, I was talking to a bunch of students who came by and they're all studying communications and they wanted to know, you know, give us some advice about the business. And I talked to him for a while. And the first thing you said when I came in is this, what did you tell them? Did you tell them? <laughs> I said, did you tell them the truth? Now you tell us what the truth is. Oh my goodness. Let's hear it. If you want to, you know, to prepare you for show business, yep. make sure you buy a big flat of top ramen. Yeah. Like, you need ramen noodles. <laughs> because <laughs> that I didn't say. I lived on chicken flavored ramen noodles and I could make a tuna fish sandwich. Oh yeah. That's no. what I lived off of for years. That's what I'm trying to say. That's why you gotta tell the kids right. I didn't say that. You gotta tell them to always make sure they have Advil or some sort of pain reliever because you get a sore back sleeping on different couches. Yes. <laughs> you, you know, you gotta tell them these things. Yeah. You gotta tell them that they will talk about you right in front of your face in an audition like you're not even standing there. This happened to me. I'm literally in an audition. And I and the and the one woman says to the guy sitting next to it, she has a cute face. Do you think she could lose weight? And I was like, I can hear you. You're right there. I'm right here. So what is it? There's something like, first of all, that experience, you do get dehumanized. You know, I was always a writer. I, I never went just the the pure acting route for good reason. And I think I saved America some bad acting. But 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 <laughs> But I see how you have to go, 
they'll bring in 9,000 people for mm-hmm. one role mm-hmm. and they read you and they probably stop seeing you as a person. And more is just like, this is a commodity. Can we use this person? Can we not? And then they shuffle you through. And that does such a number on people's egos. You know what? For me, I have to say that, and this is another thing you could tell the kids that I've always known, that there is a difference between the call on your life and a hobby. Those are two different things. Mm -hmm. You're going to show up differently because when I knew that this was, you know, my plan A and my plan B was to make my plan A work. When I walked into that room, if they did not choose me, I had no problem saying, I feel so sorry for you. And I meant it with my whole chest. That's great. You know what I mean? Because you don't know. I'm going to be the thing. You'll see. Watch and see. Where do you get that confidence? Because a lot of people would kill to have that confidence. I get that confidence if I've had a lot to drink. Oh, oh boy. No, really, just a lot to drink. I feel like it's, if you, you're missing out on this, and my wife says, shut up. You, you know, I am it. And she's like, you're really not, you know, but that's how I feel if I've, if I've had some kind of substance. Well, I would probably have to say very early on, I just chose to believe the manufacturer. I'm like, that's you know what I mean? Yeah. When I pray and I understand what my marching orders are, what I sense in my spirit is for me, and I just move forward with reckless abandon. I don't I don't even think about it not happening. And when people don't see it, I, I'm like, oh, okay. Are you, <laughs> you know, even when I even from when I met Ed Asner as a kid on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, mm-hmm. I told him, I was like, I know you don't know me. My name is Nisi. I'm going to get a star right here one day. And he was like, yeah, kids, scram. <laughs> he put and, a cigar out on your head. Basically. And I was screaming as he was walking away, remember my name! <laughs> you know, so I didn't have a doubt about it. But then you got a star... And I invited him to come. You seriously did? I invited him to come. He sent me a letter and said, I reminded him of yep. our conversation. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm glad you didn't let a crotchety old man keep you from your dream. Oh, God And bless he him. said, of course I know your name. And he drew a star and he wrote my name in it. Oh. And he said he could not come. Mm-hmm. But the day before my ceremony, I got a call and he said, I'll be there. Wow. And he came. That's amazing. Yeah. He came to my my star ceremony. There's no other word than some sort of divine voice in you that tells you this is going to this is going to work. You know? Yes. And even though you have it, it doesn't mean you don't have days. You tell the kids this too. Get you some knee pads because you're going to be crawling across that floor, hollering and crying because there are some things you want so bad. Oh, yeah. And even though you know everything is divinely ordered in your humanity, we just want what we want when when we want it, mm-hmm. you know, and how we want it. Yeah. So I, I've had days like that, you know, where people didn't see me like I saw myself. People thought I was a one-trick pony for a long time. They're like, oh, no, you do comedy. We know what you do. And I'm like, I can do more than that. Yeah. You, you know the adage, people who can make you laugh can make you cry. The reverse is not always true. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Your best dramatic actors, you're probably never going to see on a comedy and, you know, a multicam coming this fall. You're not. <laughs> right. you're, you're just not. Right. But somebody who can make you laugh has the bandwidth, has the agency, has the depth to also bring you to tears. And I was like, give me a chance. And for a long time, they said no. And then finally, I got a chance. And now I'm doing so much drama, I think people forgot I'm funny. I'm like, oh, Lord. (laughs) Tony, write me a script. (laughs) 
<laughs> Did you feel like, well, first of all, when I, I first knew you and a lot of people knew you as someone who's just really naturally funny. You were just, you know, you're very gifted. You're very naturally funny. And that is how I first knew you. And you'd come on the show. And I thought, I'm always fascinated to figure out when did you realize you were funny? Did you always know where you went is when you were a little kid? That's usually when people figure it out. They oh. figure out at a very early age that I've got this power. I've got this thing I can do. I always knew that I was funny. But it wasn't, I didn't know that comedy was a gift because I got in trouble for it. Mm -hmm. I got pinched in church, you know, for clowning around. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? By I, like a nun or a... By, by my mama. Oh, but your mom. Yeah. Okay. Knock so you, it off. So you knew your you knew your assailant. That's the important thing. You could identify your assailant. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I would get talks too much on my report card. And my mother's like, well, what are you in class talking about? I, I mean, I, I sometimes I tell jokes. She's like, I got a joke. Go get the belt. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and so I got uh -huh. in trouble for it. So I didn't know it was a gift until um, 1993. Um, my brother was murdered on, a, on his high school campus. And my oh. mother says, I'm getting in the bed and I'm never getting back out. So I'm like, well, what could I do? And I was like... 22, 23, and I'm like, I don't know what to do, but I do know I can make my mama laugh. So I started performing at the foot of her bed every day. I would come over there and do my bit and do my jokes and do my voices. And one day I came over and she wasn't in the bed. Mm -hmm. And I said, Mama, she said, We're in here. And I'm like, Who is we? Well, I went across the street and got Miss Brown and Miss Sadie, and I told them you was funny. Get that karaoke microphone and stand up there and tell these people some jokes. I was like, What? is happening. And so in that moment, I, I tapped the karaoke mic. Is, is this thing on? Uh, how's everybody doing in the living room? I don't know what I'm saying. Like, well, what am I doing up here? Be good to your waitress. <laughs> she works hard. <laughs> and so I, I started, as I'm telling my things and doing my bit, that's when I realized that comedy was healing. Yeah. I realized it was a gift. And, and that voice said to me, because I was trying to get jobs as a very serious actress. I'm like, listen, are they doing part six of Roots? I would love to be the lead slave. You know, yeah. I wanted to cry and fall all out on camera. Couldn't get a job anywhere in Who town. Who was your role model as a kid for the actress that you wanted to be? Do you think? Oh, um, when I was younger, probably more like Cicely Tyson. Oh, sure. You yeah, know, like yeah. that that kind of a vibe. Diana Ross in Mahogany. But majestic. These are majestic people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so when I'm standing there saying these jokes in the karaoke microphone, the voice as audible as my own says, Nisi, don't be a selfish heifer. It's a lot of people suffering. Go outside and spread this joy around. Mm -hmm. And I went outside and I said, my name is Nisi Nash and I'm funny. And they were like, yes, you are, little girl. Let us give you a job. And that was, you know, when I knew it was m a lot more to it, you know? Yeah. But it's interesting that for me, it was a revelation that this thing I can do to cheer up my mom or make people laugh in a tense situation, mm. there's a job that you could, it's actually a job. <laughs> I didn't know it was a job. I mean, I grew up in, you know, Boston in the 1970s. There's, there's no one, I wasn't bumping into people in show business. I didn't know that it was a job yeah. for the longest time, which was kind of a cool thing to find out. Yeah. Like, I thought this is just something you do with people for fun. And I mean, even the way Sona and I, Sona's 
my assistant and we were just, we would always mess with each other, screw around and then people were, would laugh and then we'd put it on camera. And yeah. Now it's like this mini industry. <laughs> I know, it's true. <laughs> you didn't know that this would happen when you signed up to be my assistant. No, I didn't. You I thought didn't. you'd be getting me like foot inserts, you know, for the rest of your life. Yeah, I did that too. But yeah. Uh, yeah and then, I, by the way, I need them again. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it's time. I don't assist you anymore. Yeah, so go January. ask the new guy. Yeah. <laughs> we need the new foot inserts. My orthotics. <laughs> but but I mean that that was just something that was natural and real, and then you realize that's all there is is just if we can put it on a put a okay. camera on or a microphone yeah but i didn't know it took me a while to know that yeah and you just seemed to you knew you get into it well i knew i was a lover first mm -hmm. and then funny second i mean i remember i liked a boy when i was in kindergarten and i knew something told me doll up look nice mm -hmm. huh so i wore my i begged my grandmother to let me wear my my sunday dress which was a purple velveteen so I and my long socks and my patent leather shoes and my rabbit jacket. You know, back then they used to, you know, in the seventies, they used to take a little pieces of rabbit and and make you a little jacket out of it. My rabbit jacket and I put a piece of candy in my sock. <laughs> Wait a minute, you put a piece of candy where? In my sock. So in I your could, sock. Yeah, so I could offer him a, a piece of candy. In your sock? Because I didn't have pockets. No, I understand that you didn't. <laughs> but. So you'd say, would you like a piece of candy? And, and then and pull it out of my sock. And then pull it out of your sock. And that way that draws attention to the leg and the ankle. Come on. <laughs> I never thought of that. Me neither. No. I'm going to try that. And now when I talk to people and say, I got some candy in my sock. <laughs> it's got a different it's vibe. Got, it's going to have a way different vibe Go to now. my van. I got candy yeah, in my sock. Don't no, do it, Coco. Not the van. Don't do it. <laughs> Not I'm the van doesn't work. It's up on blocks. Come on. I got a marathon bar in my sock. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. No. In all. kindergarten, it works. Now, not so much. Yeah. Uh, so many things were <laughs> looked cool back then, and now are just creepy. <laughs> Facts. It's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Okay. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, beat. I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. <laughs> well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take Sorry. it. Just take it down. I notch. didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. Uh, so I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. Boy. That's brunch. all right. 
Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loud speaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You know, our podcast, we've been doing it for five years now, and it's changed over oh, the years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've gotten better looking, I think, stronger. Oh. Um, you no. seem less mentally sharp. I, oh. These I things just happen, you know. thinking other things. Well, whatever, with like time. Like the studio. We got a new studio. Oh, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we got a new studio. But uh, you know what? One thing hasn't changed, and that's the great taste of Miller Lite. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this on the drive-in this morning. So much has changed, but not the great taste of Miller Lite. You were I, thinking about Miller Lite this morning I on the way I shouted it out the window at the car next to me, and the guy gave me a thumbs up and said, I agree! <laughs> it was the original light beer, and to this day, it's still the best one, if you ask me. Yeah. I like to have a good time. You know that. I'm good. Oh, you love to party. My name is Conan Goodtime O'Brien, yeah. and I get together with my gang, my squad, and we crack open some Miller Lights, and all is good in the hood. <laughs> Undebatable quality, great taste, and guess what? Mm. I ran the numbers myself, yeah. only 96 calories. Wow. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. It's a light beer that tastes, guess what? Ding dong, open the door, like a beer. <laughs> the original light beer since 1975. Red Sox won the pennant. Anyway, times change, but you can always enjoy the great taste of Merle Light. Tastes like Miller time to get Miller Light delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash Conan, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Hey, you sell beer? Yes, we do. Bet you have Miller Lite? Yes, we do. <laughs> hey, Muppet, why are you working here? I'm not sure. Celebrate responsibly. <laughs> Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, what's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you, what would you do? Would you read a book, Sona, take a nap? What would you do? I'd probably watch TV. Yeah. Well, a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. Uh, the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Well, guess what? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I think I'm a big believer in uh, therapy and just talking in general, mm -hmm. um, getting uh, whatever negative feelings you have inside of you out. If you're thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So all you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and then you get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Conan. Like for a while, you said you felt like you got Pigeon typecast, yeah. pigeonholed, whatever you want to call it, siloed as... 
you're the funny person. It's like on Reno 911, they probably this people love you and then they think that's what you do, right? That's it. That's what you do. Yeah. We know you and we know what you know how to do and you know how to do that. And it took a long time, you know, uh, to get people to see me how I see myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm a multi-hyphenate. I can do all the things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't don't put this baby in the corner and tell me I'm only one thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, but I'm happy now because I feel like uh, my peers get it. Yes. They, they're they like, oh, okay. And, and I'm curious, in that, that whole time, you just knew you could do it. Were you studying acting at all? Were you, or did you, because initially when you got into comedy, they asked you, can you do improv? Yeah, and, and, and I you, lied. And you lied. <laughs> lie my way into it. But you know what? You just said I could when you had never... Yep. Did you know what improv was? Nope. Okay. You know what's so funny? It occurred to me. That is improv. Can you do improv? Yes, I can. Yeah. Because that's what improv is, is yes and. and so I, of course you lied to I do lied. it. I lied. And then I called my friend Big George. And I was like, what the hell is improv? And he was like, you know... You know, he was like, he, they also wanted me to do sketch. I had never done that before either. But right. I was like, yep. You know what I mean? And I just called my friend and said, what do, what do I have to do? Right. I'm like, oh, just be dumb. Like I always, you know, I'm around my house doing the same, you know, make me up stupid stuff I'm already doing. Right. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Well, also, that's a natural thing. If I didn't know you and you didn't know me and you were working at a bank and I came in and we we would start goofing around the two of us and we'd make something. You oh know? yeah, because I would know right away. You'd, I'd say something maybe silly to you, and you'd come right back with stuff that was ten times funnier and sillier. And before you know it, that's what we'd be doing. Yeah, it would that's be a bit. You. That's not because we're in this profession. It's because. No. Do you know how many times? Let me tell you something. When the people tell you this call may be monitored for you know training person, what? That's a true statement. I used to answer phones on the midnight shift for an airline whose name I'm not gonna say. Mm-hmm. And I got in trouble so many times because it's the graveyard shift. And I'm like, I could work on characters while I answer the phone. Well, guess what, guys? You can't. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> I'm like, good evening. Where you want to go now? <laughs> and, and that lady in that tower would always point her finger and be like... And everybody would laugh at me because I'm like, ah, she getting in trouble again. You know, and I... You know, yeah. So, yes, to to your point, if we were at the bank. It's so funny that you mentioned that because when I'm on any call and they say, by the way, you know, I'm trying to like activate a credit card or trying to do something. And they say this call is being monitored. I feel I got to take it up a notch because, you know, they know my name. And I think, well, I, you know, they might be listening to this later on. So I got to. So that's when I start sticking it up a little bit. And sometimes they're laughing, but other times they're like, we just want to finish this process. And no, we're not going to all gather around later and listen to your really funny observations about American Express or, you know, MasterCard. No. Hey, everybody, come. I just talked to Conan. He gave me some good stuff and it's been monitored. Oh, Let's check no. it out. It's, it's not going to happen. people at work who just want to go home. They just want to go home. That's it. They want to get this idiot, his credit card activated. <laughs> So, uh, so you said you could do improv and then quickly realized, yeah, be, I can do it. Of course uh, I can I'm do it. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, I, you know, it's so funny because when I auditioned for Reno, I did not know enough to know that, 
you should kind of like work on a bit. You 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 should workshop it, see where the jokes are, and you you know that kind of thing. I just didn't know enough to know. So when I got the call back, um, I was like. I could do the same thing I did last time. I said, but I found this handkerchief in the back seat of my car. And I was thinking about something on the way over here called Carol the Slave. Y'all want to see it? They said, do we? And do it now. You know what I mean? And so it was just that by the seat of my pants, because what I knew for sure, I don't know if you're going to book me on this job, but I know my ass is funny. Now, I, now that I do know. Right. So I, I did not fear the thing that I was the most comfortable in. You kind of you kind of know what I'm saying. Yeah. So you know, advantage, disadvantage. I don't know. I just feel like people want to work getting back to those kids with people that they like. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean. You yes. you your first you know a uh, minute. It's just to get them to like you. Yeah. You know what I mean, and not have that desperation that stinks up the room. Like, oh my God, if you don't do this, I'm gonna have to move back to Nebraska next week. If you know what I mean, if I don't get this job. But just like, this is who I am. You know, it's funny because you brought up something else too, which is, especially in comedy, but I think true in a lot of things, confidence. If people get the sense that you are okay, like if an audience will look at you and if they know, hey, I'm fine with whatever happens, I got this, they relax. It's kind of a salesman job, but they relax and think, wow, mm-hmm. Nisi knows what she's doing. You know, we just brought her in and boy, is she relaxed and boy, is she confident. It almost, it makes it happen, I think. Listen, my grandmother used to tell me, I remember I had a baby. And baby, I don't know what happened. This body ran away from me. And it was it was meaty, cheesy, and greasy. And I didn't feel, I didn't feel comfortable and I didn't feel confident. And my grandmama looked me dead in my eyes. She said, baby, when you's the only naked woman in a room, you looks good. <laughs> I said, okay, Grandma. Mike dropped. Let me take my clothes off right now. You know, and That's you fantastic. sometimes you just gotta, you know what I mean? You gotta roll with what you got. Yeah. Well, I've been doing that. <laughs> what I got. Did you get confidence like that from your mom? Uh I don't want to make my mom feel bad, but no, I didn't. It was... okay. I just wanted to take a moment and make your mom feel I bad. I know, it's different, but you're right. After you have a baby, because I had babies a couple years ago, and you 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 feel very differently about it. So it's nice to know somebody said that to you when you needed to hear that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all those confidence boosters. How many important. kids? You, you have three. You have three kids. Mm-hmm. And how old are they? What's their range? Uh I think my son, did, did he just have a birthday? Yeah. You know, you start to forget. Um, <laughs> I have two kids and I can't even recall their names at this moment. Yeah. My son is 32. Mm-hmm. I have a girl that's 27 wow. and a, a baby girl that's 24. Did they show the same interest in doing what you're doing or? Yes. Yeah. All wanted to do it. Yeah. But also, too, I think when you grow up with your mom on TV, if you're good at your job, you make it look easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, my mom can do that. I can do that. You know what I mean? And it wasn't unusual to sit down on a Saturday morning and, oh, oh, my mom is hosting Clean House. That's on. Skip, skip, skip. Oh, Reno 911 is on. My mama not going to let me watch that. Skip, skip, skip. Oh, my mama was in a movie that's on. You know what I mean? It it, it wasn't unusual to find me somewhere on television. And so very early on, they all were like, oh, pick me, pick me, pick me. Because they just think that's normal. Yeah. You made it normal. Yeah. 
And it was like, that's what I want to do. And so they're all in some sort of entertainment right now. Yeah. All of them. When my boy was, I think he was four years old and he saw me do some big show in a big venue. And afterwards he turned to my wife and he said, when I grow up, I want to do something that doesn't happen in a theater or with people. (laughs) I thought, man, I must have been bad. And to his credit, now he just he loves comedy, and I think he likes what I do. But he's not—he just that was not his thing. Not but, his thing. But he knew right away. He saw his his dad making a fool of himself in the on the Beacon Theater in front of a couple thousand people, and said, "Nope, that is not for me." Well, I'm I, not doing that. I love it, and I've worked with my kids too. We did a we had, we had a reality show at one point together, mm-hmm. um, and I really only did that for them, just so you could get a taste of it. You got to get up in the morning. You got to do this. You know, I'm going to show you what it is. And but all of them have, at some point or another, been cast in something that I've done. Um, my youngest daughter played my daughter in the series Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story that was yep. on Netflix. Yep. That was my real daughter. She also played oh, a, wow. okay. She also played a younger version of me in a, a, in a TV show that I had called Claws. Mm-hmm. And um, my middle girl guested with me on um, a series that I just did called The Rookie Feds. And mm-hmm. so my son was with me on The Soul Man. Like, they've all... At some point or another. Experienced it through your lens, kind uh-huh, of, which is good. Uh-huh, you yeah. know what I mean? And so I was like, I'm going to show you, but I'm not show manager. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm not finna, I'm not going to try to run your career and tell you what you need to do. You want to do a self-tape? I'll read with you, but I'm not calling around town to get you a job. Right. That's your job. Right. You know, because when I'm dead and gone, if I'm the only person who ever gave you a job, what are you going to do? Right. You know, so you got to you got to learn it. And if you really want it, time is going to tell. That's how I parent. Well, I was going to ask you for a job, but now I'm not going (laughs) to. Well, (laughs) you might be different. (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I had the experience recently of doing something that was more serious on this project and hasn't come out yet. But I was very self-conscious about it at first because it's very different you know if your whole life is listening for the laughs mm-hmm. and then you you've got to inhabit this other space where you've got to just actually sense if it's working or if it's not working and it's gelling and i'm wondering when you first were switching over did you feel when you were doing dramatic parts did it feel at all alien to you or is it just like a when duck I in first, water when yeah. i when i first started yes it felt foreign to me because it was a muscle that I didn't get to exercise mm-hmm. in my in my craft. You know what I mean? I could take a a, a, a multicam script and and read it in the car at the stoplight and, and get to work and already have three choices. You know, leave them wanting more. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm gonna do this in front of the live audience. I'm gonna do that for this, <laughs> and I'm gonna give them another. You know what I mean? Because it was such in my DNA. But the other part, I never forget, honey. Let's get back to mamas. My mama told me. She said, "Now you know what? You real funny." And you got that natural. You got that. But on that drama side, you need some work. You, 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 you don't do that too good. So here's what mama's going to wow, do. Wow, she said that She to you. said, wow. I'm going to work overtime, okay, to get the money. You find the best class in town, and I'm going to pay for it. Because if you're going to do it, you do it right. What my mother said. 
That's and incredible. So that's yeah. when I went somewhere and tried to figure it out. And I was so lucky that I found then a class where you used to bring a VHS. Children, that's a videotape. Um, there were these machines. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you you <laughs> you could take and it home. And the old days, they were a big brick. <laughs> that's what I had, the yeah. old days. I just, the, the big quarter inch, I mean, it was, it was, or three quarter inch, I think. It was a big, it was like a piece of concrete. That was that he was your tape. right on up in there, and I would go back home and just watch it and see what I could do different and try to, you know, try to watch it. But now you can also because you know what we look for. We we're looking for the reaction to make sure we did the bit. But you see it in the face of the crew. You see it when you when you do a scene and you know if it's popping or not. When the crew is like, yeah, you know what I mean, or they choke up. You know what I mean? They walk off, you know. The... When they stop eating for a second, <laughs> the fried bread, you know you got them. <laughs> That's it. That's <laughs> when, it. When they drift away from the craft food service table, you know you got them. That part. Yeah, I always used to try and, I mean, this always relates more to comedy, but when I was working on anything, I would, I knew that if the, like if it was at a venue where there's like wait staff or anybody, if they're hanging out watching and they seem to be chuckling, that meant more to me than anything. Like yeah. I felt like, okay, these are people that aren't, they're not here to laugh. They don't have to laugh. They don't even have to listen, mm-hmm. but it's a different, it's a very different vibe. But, Indeed. but yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that with the crew, like they're people and they will pick up and they see a lot. They see every, they see people come and go. Oh yeah. And you can see if they, if you've got them, that really means something. It means something. I'm just curious, what kind of acting classes did you take? Was, what was the, was there a certain method that you were learning or? Um, I don't even remember the, the teacher or anything. Yeah. I just remember taking a class where you had to bring your, your videotape in yeah. every week. And then, you know, they would tape you. And then, you know, watch it back and critique you and tell you all of the things. And then I just kept, I just kept trying and trying and trying. And I really just felt like I wanted to get it right. And um, uh, where it turned a corner for me was this this series that I did on HBO called Getting On. Yeah. That was where it turned a corner because even though it was a comedy, I guess, a workplace comedy. It's so interesting because I love the show. Mm -hmm. But it's also it's so funny because we're in this new world now where I think it's harder and harder to label things a comedy or a drama because getting on could be really funny, but also very touching and then just heartbreaking. So I don't know it's what you would things. call it. But yeah. yeah, but it it was playing. I was always so broad. All of my bits, all of my stuff that I had done before that were always so broad. And this was so small. So panissimo. So to me, it it very much felt like if you play the scene for real, it's a drama. For me, you 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 play it for real. You don't play it for the joke. Mm-hmm. And you say it with as much of a straight face. You're not waiting for the bump bump. You 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 just the lines are just rolling into the next one. And I was like, oh boy, this this is. Whew. And I I remember the, the producer coming in. He says, hey, listen. I know you've never done anything like this before, but if you play your cards right, you, lady, will be on the E-list. And I thought, my God, Kathy Griffin is on the D-list. What's lower than that? What? what? Do I want to be on the E-list? 
you'll someday maybe get up to Kathy Griffin's level. Weird thing for someone to but say. The, the but then I find he kept talking, and I was sitting there just about to cry. And I was like, I, I, he really thinks, he doesn't think that much of me. And he said, because when you get nominated for that Emmy. I said, oh, oh Elis, oh, Elis. Oh, wow. Yes, I got it. Yeah, I got it now. Oh, I was like, oh. Yeah, but that was after I died inside. <laughs> and he was right, you know, and I and I got the nomination, so he was right. Mm-hmm. Our culture just so avoids older people and so avoids, yes. you know, and and to a point where if you look at ads and you drive around and you just look at magazines and everything, you'd think that old people didn't even exist. And it's it's for a show to actually make the whole focus about the that elderly, the elderly oh, I and that stage, so much. that stage of life. But then also, it, I think that's why the humor was such a relief on the show. You could create that tension, and then things were that much funnier to me because oh, yeah. you're dealing with such a, a third rail topic. One of one of my the ladies in the show that I was in the scene with, and they they kept trying to yell and tell her she was talking too loud, and he said, "What?" and it's, Tell her she's talking too loud, and I said, "Well, he just wants me to let you know you're talking, you know, t- too loud. You can you could talk a little softer." Oh, that comes from my years in vaudeville, dear. <laughs> I was like, "Okay." <laughs> That's I said, awesome. all right. That's awesome. So at lunchtime, we talked about vaudeville. I would tell me everything. <laughs> I killed it in 1911. <laughs> yep. This this latest movie that you did, Origin. It was based on this book, Cased, you know. Yeah, cast. Cast. Well, Cast, yeah. Cased. Uh, I want to differentiate it from cast, meaning most people thinking cast of a show or something, and that's how it's pronounced. But it's talking about this levels in society, you mm-hmm. know, and it it was this book that really talked about how calling a situation racist is really kind of almost oversimplifying it because we all have different ways of marginalizing people. Yes. And I thought that was a really cool idea. And so Ava DuVernay turned it into this movie. Yes. Which is this beautiful idea. And it's a very different kind of movie. In a lot of ways, it's not afraid to try everything and anything to, to get the message across. Yeah, you know, it was so interesting because now let, let's say, you know, that's a it's a very deep thought-provoking film. But when Ava called me, she was like, you know, I have this movie and I wrote this part with you in mind. Um, How cool is that, by the way? Well, first of all, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, second of all, I this is where the, the wheels fell off of it, though. She's like... Yeah, you know, I I uh I need you to bring some lightness and humor to it. I said to this movie, yeah, this is the 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 you know what I'm saying. This is a tearjerker. You want you want what do you want? You know, and so she said, but that's why I need just a little brightness in it. And that was where we really had to trust each other. I said, well, you know what I mean. I can give you some sauce for the ribs, but it's not on the page. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I have to find it just in character. But also talk about trust. You're making a movie that is about the most electrifying, upsetting topic in mm-hmm. the world today. And that is really what the movie's all about and the different ways that people dehumanize and mm-hmm. degrade each other. And then you're being asked by not just anybody, but <laughs> Ava DuVernay to 
can you lighten this up a little bit? And <laughs> there's no, it's not like you're doing it on stage in front of a couple thousand people who will let you know right. that you're doing it the correct way. That seems terrifying to me. You're going to find out later on when it's all put together, whether what you were doing looks right or feels to somebody insensitive or off the mark. Mm-hmm. But you, you also got to trust your gift. Mm-hmm. That's another note. You can tell them kids downstairs. <laughs> Trust your gift. I'm taking these for myself. (laughs) (laughs) I know. You need to listen. Screw those kids. (laughs) I'm writing everything down. (laughs) Yeah, you know, trust your gift because at this point, I know my instrument Mm -hmm. and I trust it. You know what I mean? And um, even in the scenes where... um, um, I had scenes with Anjanu Ellis, our lead, uh, who did such a beautiful job in this movie, where I had to, we had to look at photographs and, you know, they were just, you know, like little pickup scenes to get us into the scene. Mm-hmm. Like it said, in, uh, we find them laughing. Well, you know me. I'm like, at what? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Anjanu done cried through the whole movie, so I know she don't got jokes. Here I come. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so what I did was because... I told her a different story every time they said action, a different make me up story. Um, so her laughs in those moments were real or genuine. Yeah, yeah. And, and I and it was like my little um, gift to her because you have you know, you have suffered so much loss in this film. You know, you're crying through this movie. You you know, you, you're going, you know, traveling across the country, revisiting all of these painful parts of history and this is the least I could do. Yeah. This night, we sat at this table to give you a little, you know, a little relief from from that. You know what I mean? And I took pride in that. I took, I said, you know, that that's my job, yeah. to provide provision for the vision in this moment. And that's what it called for. It's pretty, do you ever just even take a second and look back at your journey from you making your mom laugh to your working on it's it's a it's a really beautiful arc working on these projects now you know it's a it's a it's a it's a crazy journey to mm. to if you look when you look at the whole thing because anyone can take one section they can go and watch origin and see you in that and go oh that's cool but when they when you see the whole journey it's pretty mind blowing it brings tears to my eyes you know to be honest with you uh because i'm like it's what it says to me and what I say to my children and them kids downstairs mm-hmm. is that dreams come true. Mm-hmm. They absolutely come true. You know what I mean? And if you look at me, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, somebody who had no background in any of it, didn't know what sketch was, improv was. And here I am still 20 some odd years later, still putting on the baby hair in the in the booty from Reno 911. <laughs> you know what I mean? The longest running sketch, you know, yeah. bit th- that has been on television. I mean, it's 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 mind blowing. But I feel so much gratitude. Yeah for it, you know? I've always heard it was your idea to put on the prosthetic fake booty. Is that true? That's a fact. Because you know why? Because the women in my family, I did not see them on TV. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now you could buy a butt on every corner. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you can buy one on every corner. But then it wasn't popular right. to have all of the, you know what I mean? And I went to so many booty fittings. Like, you don't even understand. And they couldn't get it right because they were building it straight back. So I went to my girlfriend and I brought her up there who had, you know, the natural slammer jamma. And I'm like, you see, you got to start from the hips and wrap it around. So I got the booty right. It, it was really. I love that you brought your friend in. What was your friend's name? I don't know if I should say it. Okay. Well, you just I mean it's a compliment. But I love saying to your friend, hey, come on over here. I, I need want, your ass. I need your ass. Get your ass over here, literally. Get your ass over here. Literally. And you know, let me tell you something. That friend of mine, true story, her butt and my and my up top was how we got uh, to look Prince right in the face. We didn't have tickets to this Grammy party he was at. Mm-hmm. And I, so we went around the side and there was a, a, a security guard. I said, girl, you know what to do. She started walking backwards. I started walking <laughs> forwards. I was like, come on. And we walked over there. So he let us in the back door. So we get in the party and then we lied and said that I'm always lying to get a job, right? We lied and said she was Prince's cousin. And so we go. Oh my God. The purple one was behind this door. So we knock, we walk up to security, like, yeah, we need to get in there. Um, she's like, I'm his cousin. I'm like, yep, she's his cousin. Yep. And he he looked at us up and down. He said, one minute. He closes the door and goes in. The door opens. It is Prince. He looked at us. And before we could take a breath, he said, nice try. And closed the door in our face. I said, but we got to see him. He said, nice try to us. (laughs) Ah, That is so cool. And I don't even know what that had to do with the booty. But the point is, it was that same girl's butt. She walked backwards She walked backwards to get in. But but her butt. she got everything in life. But she walked backwards. We deny this card. Oh, yeah? Check this out. Your card works. Conan's so jealous right now. Well, okay, let's talk about this. I have famously, I have no ass. There's just nothing back there. It's a straight drop. And I'm thinking I should get a prosthetic. Is there, is there something they yeah, make for men now? Make sure now? it's done right. You should bring a friend in who has the right butt and then have them ding, do ding, it. Ding. I don't know. I don't know what the right butt looks like. You want me to call my like. friend? Yeah, exactly. You should come. <laughs> And I should say, I want this. But um, the point I was making is that that butt wasn't popular back then. That body type, not even the butt, just the body type, Mm -hmm. you know. And I wanted to be somebody that my aunties could look at and see themselves. And so I was like, I want to look like the women in my family. And I, I, I have to tell you. So many men met me in life after and were so disappointed that I didn't have the thing on. They were like, you lost weight? I'm like, no. I can go get it. <laughs> it's in the back of the car. Yeah, just basically. Keep it with me at all yeah, times. You can borrow hers. Well, I don't, don't they make something for men? No, Is I'm it... just saying you could borrow the one she uses for Reno 911. All right, no? maybe I can, Is that you have weird? a name for it? <laughs> you nicknamed it? I did not. <laughs> but, you know, my prosthetic one, like I have one that I would wear under the uniform, but the prosthetic one that I wore with the thong bathing suit mm-hmm. 
that one, um, somebody stole it. <gasps> you bet they did. It was in a temperature control <laughs> locker somewhere. I, I, if I knew where that was, I'd grab it. <laughs> And somebody, take it on vacation. What are you gonna? Yeah, what are you gonna do? I don't do want to talk it? about what I'm gonna do to it. <laughs> That's my business. <laughs> so you're invading my privacy right now. <laughs> I buy two airline tickets, and the prosthetic ass is in the other one, and we both have a glass of champagne. <laughs> oh my God. When you make yourself laugh, you've gone too far. I know, I Come know, back. I Come know. back from over there. I Get from be over there. Ashamed of myself. <laughs> the thing is about you, and I've talked to you many times, you're always you. I mean, you've had, I don't think you're any different after all the success. You're 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 such a real person. You're such a force. I think that's the real gift, don't you think? Well, uh, wouldn't you say that's true? Like, yeah, definitely. like you're just you haven't. I know people who've had a lot of success and they go through a machine and they kind of, I don't recognize them as much later on. You know what I mean? I don't know if you've encountered that, but I encounter people who, but uh, you are always you in the best way. You're just like this pure, like I I was in a, like I was thinking about it today. Like this is just going to be, we're going to have a really good time. And and that's just from experience, just from knowing you. I haven't seen you since I got newly married, though. That's right. You got married in two, like two years ago? Three now. Three 2020. years ago. Okay. I got married in 2020. I haven't seen you since. And I don't think I've met your partner, have I? No, you have not. Yeah. No, you have not. How you did, you, how you did haven't you... met anyone I was married to. I mean, I've seen you a couple times. I mean, you know what? I've been married three times. I've seen you at least through... T- you well, always them. made sure that everyone else was gone when you and I met, you know? Oh. You always my name sh- is Niecy Nash Betts, and I feel sexy <laughs> about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Uh, your wife is Jessica? Is that right? Yes. But yeah. I, I, I don't call her my wife. Okay. I call her my husband. <laughs> I love that. That's, That's my great. story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. And how did you guys meet? Ooh, well... We came to know of each other in social media, but the first time we actually saw each other face-to-face was on a movie set. Mm-hmm. But I was married, and she was in a long-term relationship, so I didn't think nothing about it. You right. know what I mean? Right. And then some years later, about four and a half years later, I was divorced. She was out of her long-term relationship, and we went to go eat crabs, and the rest is history. Yeah. it's fun. I've seen you in interviews together, and you just seem so happy. Yeah. Which makes me happy. Thank you, friend. It's infectious, this happy thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good time. You know, we, we are here for a good time, not a long time. So you got to, you know, hit your wagon to something that's going to make you happy. You and have I, so many great sayings. Mm-hmm. I think you've dropped like 15 great sayings. Yeah. We, sh- we should pull all of these in the episode and make bumper stickers. <laughs> I'll see that you get 8%. That's 8%. <laughs> Not gross. <laughs> You're so generous. I'm a really, really good guy. Hmm. You're gonna see that. Um, well, I can't thank you enough for coming by. This has been. This has been thank just you. A, I look like yeah. a shot in the arm. You know, having you as a friend is a big deal. So you thank better you. know it. <laughs> <laughs> Say that yeah, louder you... for the people in the back. <laughs> you don't Say see... that for those kids down the hall. <laughs> I had security throw them out about half an hour ago. I thought, they're, they've got it too good. Well, thank you so much for being here. And all I wish for you is more happiness and keep uh, keep spreading your joy. Keep doing your thing. I sure will. Thank you so much. And please, please, 
lend me the prosthetic ass. Because <laughs> no, no one's ever needed it more than me. <laughs> Anything for yeah. you. Yeah, and tailors are shocked when they try and fit pants on me. They're like, there's literally nothing back here. Thank you so much. You know, I made some personal moves in 2023 I'm pretty proud of. Oh, really? Yeah. Good. Well, I sculpted my body using weights, various waxes. Uh, I won the lottery seven times. There's a lot of things I did. No, but you know what? Think back on everything you did in 2023, big or small, no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Mm, yeah. That's good. Did you finally switch careers to pursue your real passion? That's a very brave move. Maybe you quit your job to stream video games online full time. Awesome move, exclamation point. <laughs> Did you hit the books and snag the degree? That move deserves a high five. Or maybe you rode the stock market to the moon and back, a move that can sometimes make you queasy. TurboTax you experts make all your moves count. Getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. Filing with 100% accuracy and getting your max refund guaranteed. Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. <laughs> See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Conor Brian Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Introducing ADT Self-Setup featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cam and the Nest doorbell with a battery or wired option. Your choice. Easily install the ADT self-setup security system at your convenience. You don't need heavy-duty tools. And if you do need help, ADT can provide virtual assistance along the way. Self-setup from ADT grows, moves, and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. It also features Nest Cams. They can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. These things are getting so smart. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just one quick tap. Now, everyone can get trusted security from ADT installed your way with no long-term contracts. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, <laughs> you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are all trademarks of Google LLC. A number of weeks back, you really laid into Blay about how he was dressed, right? Yeah, I And did. Uh, if you'll remember, we asked him to come back looking his best in a mm -hmm. formal suit and yeah. a sober a gentleman as he could possibly be. Yeah, I do think there's a generation that's lost its way and uh, they're always wearing ironic t-shirts and kooky watches and bucket hats and uh, they're they're not kids anymore. Bucket hats? Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Just the whole, oh. Blay has worked with me for a very long time. I knew him when he was a kid and when his uh, attire was appropriate. But for his own sake, I thought it'd be nice if he just took a chance on dressing up in Blay. Here you are. And I have to say, you look fantastic. Wow. I don't like this. What do you mean? That looks, I think he I mean, looks you awesome. Look, you look very handsome, but this is not, this is not everyday Blay. Well, okay. As you know him, but if you only knew Daniel Craig as a guy that wore. If I only knew Daniel Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your nighttime fantasies out of my show. <laughs> if we only knew uh, Daniel Craig as a guy who wore cargo pants and a Who Farted t-shirt, 
<laughs> and then he suddenly dressed as James Bond one day, you might feel like, I don't know about this. Yeah. But look at you look good. Thank you. Thank you. I uh I don't feel good. Why? I feel weird, man. I feel first of all, there's I like to be uh, fashionable and I like to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. There's too many clothes on. Yeah. I'm wearing too much clothes. Really? Well, there's an undershirt. Then there's this shirt. Oh, I didn't say wear an undershirt. Oh, right. Who what? made you wear an undershirt? Well, this is what you wear when you dress up. Yeah. You wear a no, suit. You don't you have to. I know, but you don't have to wear an undershirt. Yeah, this is okay. not Blay. This is not the Blay. No, I feel like you're about to you drive are. me to the airport. Thank you. Look, look. At least I don't want to. I got nice shoes on. Look at these shoes. You got a normal huh. watch. On. I got a Rolex. Whoa, I'm wearing a Rolex. Oh, wait a minute. Where did you the get time. the? Wait a minute. It was a birthday birthday present from my from my mom. Yeah, a little Rolex. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stop the show. Okay. Your mother on your birthday gave you a Rolex? Is she president? Yeah. yeah. No. What, what, what the hell? My, well, because she knows I like watches. and like My you, mother on my birthday would make me a poached egg. You, what you about always me? make I, fun of my watches. And so and so I thought I'd wear a, a nice watch. Because you always wear watches where right. it's a joke. The watch costs $3. It's bright yellow. It's, it's made of marshmallow. It's it doesn't tell time. Yeah. It's from Japan. It's got a nuclear reactor thing. You got to count up the minutes. Whatever. To, yeah. And it's, ah, isn't it funny? I can't tell time. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. But your mother gave you a yeah for Rolex. my 40th birthday. It's, it's a nice birthday. She gave me a, a, a nice, a, a nice. And my whole point being, this is me dressed nice. And I, I, I think will you say, look great. I don't think I don't see a problem. I, I came in today. Every single person w looked at me weird. Mm. Every, everyone's like, Ugh, like that. No, first I, of all, everyone thinks I'm either going to a funeral or presiding over a funeral. Well, uh -huh. first of all, or or, or uh, you're actually the body, <laughs> or, or I'm the. Right, or you look like funeral. they just popped the casket, just gave it one last check to make sure if this guy's really gone. Oh, yep, yeah, he's dead. All right. I don't like you neutered him. Yeah. I no, feel I like you neutered Blake. Well, I think first of all, where did you get the suit? I got the suit at uh, I think at Macy's. Okay. Or Sears. All right. Well, it looks good. It's a nice okay, well, thank black you. Yeah. suit. It's a classic. Thank you. Now I'm just gonna say a Rolex you... watch and a Macy's suit, huh? Well, it's mm. a, it's it does say uh, made with recycled polyester on the inside. It's by Jay <laughs> Jay Ferrar, classic Jay Ferrar. Okay, well, There's my boy. First of all, you didn't say I have to wear a nice suit. You just said a suit. That also, is a nice suit. Thank you. Yes, it's a nice suit. It's recycled. It's recycled, which may <laughs> explain why it doesn't feel uh, terrific. Okay, it's because you're wearing uh, 800 uh, liquefied <laughs> bottles. <laughs> On your back. It is very hot. The suit is very warm. Okay. Well, you chose to wear an undershirt. That's on you. Okay. And can I tell you something? Right. There are ways to dress well. Okay. And and earn the respect and and uh, of people around you without going this far. Okay. Meaning you don't have to wear a tie. You don't have to wear a button-up shirt. We told him to come in as formal as possible, though, in his defense. You well, know? well, we wanted to go the, the yeah. other end of the spectrum. Yes, yes. And uh, I am just saying that I want you to consider you're not a kid anymore. Right. Okay? I think I looked it up. I think you were born in 1956. <laughs> it's close, yeah. Uh, no, no. How old are you? Uh, 45. Okay, you're 45. Yeah. You're not a child. Right. And I do sometimes look at you and think, oh, you're, you've got the Peter Pan syndrome. You're still oh. dressing as a child and maybe that's going to influence your life negatively. Maybe potential partners may not take you seriously. Right. If you go into a club, they're going to say, uh, what's going on with this guy? Right. You know, why is he... At the club. Why this is every... telling <laughs> this guy he has Peter Pan yeah. syndrome. Yeah. Well, but can yeah. I just... And what, what are you to about? wear at the club. <laughs> but, but I... I, <laughs> Club Fantastique. Of course. It's the I greatest just, club down I, in Melrose. I feel like I don't want to give some a potential partner uh, a, a false bill of sale, a false mm. false good. Like yeah. they know what they're getting. Right. 
You know yeah. what they're, you know what? I, you know, it's like, ah, oh, and they might like Japanese watches. I don't want to, I don't want to attract someone who thinks I have you more can, than one nice watch. You can still wear those goofy, funny watches where, right. oh, look, it's a watch, but guess what? I have no idea what time it is. Right. Um, because it has no hands. It just has a face that cries sometimes. I do have one that you, you can tell the time by feet. Oh, yeah. What's that, Adam? Part of the conversation last time was also around, you know, looking professional in the workplace. Oh, yeah. And right. so that's one thing I think. I think you do look really good. And there have been studies that say, you know, if you dress for the job, you perform better. Yes. You like lose the stress of wondering what people who wear uniforms often perform better, I think, because they're they're like not looking at what other people are wearing, thinking about what they're I've always liked in show business when people took show business seriously and dressed up when they came on a talk show. I always thought that was kind of nice. And, And I think we have an environment here at our company People are coming in. They know that oh, Conan O'Brien's going to be here. This oh, is no, no but, but do, do you know what I mean? There's, there's an expectation that people will dress up. This is like the comedy Vatican. No, you know? oh, oh my God, I understand what no, Adam's me, saying. No, I'm just I'm not not that I'm You're... insane, but like me being the Pope. Yeah, right, 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 right. right. By we got a it. Tyrannical yeah. figure. Yeah. With, with only yeah. symbolic and then, powers. And then, uh, and then you guys, uh, no, no, I'm the voice of God on earth. And then uh, you guys are like Swiss guards. You know, you're there and you're holding your pikes. And uh, you're We're not a, even like bishops or yeah. oh, God, oh God, no, no! You're just standing outside with those goofy axes that no one's used in over 800 years. But Blay, um, I'm just—I I think yeah. that Adam brings up a good point, which right. is when you dress the way that you dress, yes. you're just going to have goofy ideas. You're just going to want to go right. eat a burrito. Mm. You're just going to mm, go want to yeah, grab right. your, yeah. you know. Uh, your Wii controller, Nintendo Switch, Gum Gum, and uh, and play your game of uh, Glorgar. And um, all this sounds great, though. No, no, no. But but you. you but this doesn't but, sound like an argument. You also. I'm agreeing with you. That sounds all that but, sounds. But great. you can I like still burritos. do all those things. Oh, right. But dress like someone who commands my respect. Wait, can I, I say something I though? Yeah. I think what Adam's saying is right if you work at like an accountant's office. Right. But if you work for the circus, right? Which we do. Which this really is an absurd place. The lion tamer is very well dressed. The ringmaster is very well dressed. <laughs> Trapeze artists in their own way are quite elegant. In fact, most people at the circus are very nicely dressed okay. in their own costumes. Well, let's say your job is to pick up poop. Like you're a civil worker and you pick up poop. You're right. not going to dress up in a suit when you're picking up poop. You dress up. But you wear a uniform. You, you still, still wear a wear uniform. Okay, let's say. Even as someone who's picking excrement from the sidewalk as they're living. And by the way, uh, I'm not putting that job down. That's a real job. Are you yeah, that, that that's I'm my saying, job is on this podcast is to pick up poop? I'm saying that there are certain environments that have certain okay, how about qualifications. This? How about this? Okay. How about this? Not dressing up and wearing a suit and a tie, but Adam as the, the, the head uh, honcho here, the overlord, the uh, scheming monster, the man behind the mask. We get it. He's a bishop. Yeah. Um, I look at Adam, I look at Adam Sachs and I say bishop material. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. uh, but um, what I'm saying is, what about like boiler suits that say Team Coco on the back? Oh. Wait, you, you want to wear like coveralls? D- hold on. <laughs> No, not hold on. No, that's bullshit. Hold on. What I'm saying is something akin to that, like what they wear at a nuclear power plant. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> doctors, nurses, they wear oh, uscrubs. Oh, no. you know? What about scrubs? Scrubs? You you want to be scrubs. Scrubs. No, I think you want to be a Bond villain, and you want us all in those like the army of coveralls and hard hats and yes, galoshes. Yes, I do. <laughs> I would like it if everyone, Eduardo, if we came up with something that was kind of cool, would you be up for? 
wearing it here at Team Coco. I'd be up for it. I'm on Team Conan on this. What? Because it would be nice. And look at the way Eduardo's You're wearing dressed. a Lakers hat. Yeah. But if I, listen, I, I used to sell men suits for a living at Macy's, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, but we're, that was six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I do believe it's important to dress to impress um, whenever possible. And, now, and, and all I'm saying is, and you, you know, look, I love the shirt you're wearing. It looks fantastic. A, cran- <laughs> a, 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 a cranberry T-shirt that's been overwashed. It, you have good memories from college. You, you, what are you talking like, about? I'm wearing, I'm, it's I'm, like you killed a mechanic. <laughs> And then not at all. This is a came home to his wife and said, I'm home, honey. What are you talking about? I know. Is your collar popped up? Is it like make a decision? Like, what is it? Look, I think I look fantastic. And I'll tell you something else. I look like I could be a film director. No. I could be a a director on a film. You're dressed like Lenny from of mice and men. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, I just want to see the rabbits. No, your blues are too close. Okay, listen. I like to wear blue because it makes the old peepers pop. And I worked for Sinatra, and I think it's working pretty well for me. Before we go, Adam, I do think I want to pursue this idea. I want to see if we can find something that the men and the women are all okay with wearing that's a kind of a standard uniform. And then I want the cameras to be rolling when we break this to Andy Richter. (laughs) (laughs) And we watch him physically beat the shit out of me. Do you have to wear this? Uh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting. There could be standard host garb. Like, yeah, hosts uh, have their own I, I will, uniform. I will wear something consistently as a Bond villain does. The Bond villain, oh, right. you know, the, oh, like, like a Nehru jacket. Like, like oh, yeah, yeah, I would I wear like a Nehru like jacket and not have like a fake white cap that no. I pet. But then you guys a, would, I would. do it for that. But, but I do think there's something that we should investigate. There might be a great way. And, and also, what about like young people that are just starting out here? Uh, working out here and they're brand new employees. Maybe they have to wear the boiler suit, but then there's a, then, then there's a, it's like the I army. See. Then there's a oh, rank yes. above that. I see. But we wear a uniform. Now I'm starting to get on with this. Yeah. This is... Oh, I'm, no, I'm not. Okay. Well, go ahead. John Wick, you know how like the people that work Yes. Uh, uh, the t- patching the telephone calls. Yes. They the have a, very, a style yeah. and yes. then the Continental has so, its own guess style. Guess what? I right? love, I mean, I love the John Wick films. I would, first of all, you're dressed a la John Wick right Thank now you. and Thank that's why I think it looks cool. I love the John Wick uh, I see. Style. So what we're do- we're talking about is like tiers, tiers of the tiers. utilitarian people, the administrative, the I talent, yes. and they're all thematically linked, but they have their own specific look. Are you into the into it now? I'm getting there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And and this would be paid for by the company. You would come in. Uh, you would. Yeah. Get your you wouldn't issue. leave in your uniform. You'd come here and change into your uniform. Would would have lockers. And I'm and and we change into them, and I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. We'd change into them, and um, Sona, you would have to go to your locker and change your clothes. I don't want to do that. Well, you're going to do it, and I'm going to be there when it happens. Oh God! No, no, no! I honestly, no, no, no. You won't see me there. There'll be a window. There'll be a window that only I'm allowed to look through. No. And again, I haven't. I don't. I don't read the papers much, and I don't go online much. But I don't see. Any problem in today's society with me having a little peaky window? Anyway, Adam, get on this. Eduardo's in. It's going to go through the roof. We're going to we're going to figure it out. I took a class in college on costume design, so we can I can I can work some things up. You know what? Guess what? If Gorley's in, I'm I don't want to do anything to dissuade Matt Gorley. I want you in on this. So yes, you can have a final say. I promise. What? Final say? Okay, done. I'm in. (laughs) Are you kidding? Well, looks like I did it. We win. Uh
Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering and mixing by Eduardo Perez and Brendan Burns. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 669-587-2847 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.